0: you for choosing to listen to this message. Prepare to be transformed by God's undiluted word. So I I use an example for us. It says, let your light so shine. I was thinking to myself, I said, what if I now start preaching on TV and this woman sees me preaching on TV one day. I said, that's that guy, that bad guy that comes to our shop. (laughs) Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That everybody that you come in contact with, one way or the other, one day, they will find out you're a Christian. The Bible says, let it be that they would have seen your light shine. They would have seen your light shine. And this is not just about church, my friends. This is not church. In church, we all behave behave ourselves. Mostly. But i'm talking about let your light so shine before men everybody said before, before men you understand we're talking about the world out there i have found that many christians many sometimes when we say we have a church program for example and maybe we have a flyer or so and we say everybody please use this as your profile picture on whatsapp or something there are people that will never do it it's not because they don't like the church it's because outside not many people even know they're Christians. Not many people even associate them with church. If they just know you are a Christian, they will laugh you to scorn. I'm asking us today, let your light, if you need to, go out there and, ex- and explain to everybody, I went to church on Sunday, and I have a confession to make. I have been a chameleon, I have been an hypocrite, I, am, I, I have now come, I am actually a Christian, and from today I'm a Christian. What will happen to you is they will laugh at you. They will laugh at you, but you stand your ground, eventually they will come to respect you. Am I talking to the church this morning? Jesus said, occupy. John 13, John 13, I'll read one or two more scriptures. John 13 from verse 34. It says a new commandment, Jesus is speaking still. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Now look at verse 35. He says by these, by what you do by you loving one another by this shall all men again he's talking about our disposition to the world that's the subject here he says by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another so the point i'm making there is not really about love it's about the things we do they are the things by which all men will not what we say, not anything the example, our example is our most basic primary mode of occupation. When people see there are people in this world that still do business without telling lies and God helps you and you do well at it, that's an example my friends. <laughs> Second Samuel 12 2 Samuel chapter 12, everybody go in there, verse 13 2nd Samuel chapter 12, I'll read verse 13, verse 14. And David, everybody there, 2nd Samuel 12, <clears throat> from verse 13. Bible This was after David as the king, as the person that people knew, as the prophet of God, as the person that was supposed to be occupying at that time. After he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and he had killed the husband and he was now in repentance, Nathan was now speaking to David, verse 13. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And then Nathan said unto David, The Lord also has put away your sin, thou shalt not die. What Nathan was saying to David is, the the part of your sin that you sinned against God, that's the easy one. God is merciful. God will forgive you. He says, God also he has put away your sin. If He didn't put away your sin, you should have died. You killed a man. You should have died, but you will not die. So the 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 the, the most impactful part of this is not your sin against God. David was saying, I've sinned against God. Nathan said, No, 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 no. That's not the biggest problem. That one God has put it away. You will not die. But you know the one that is a big problem. Verse 14. He said, How be it? That's a bot. I mean when the prophet of God tells you you shall not die you don't want to hear a but after that you want to hear full stop right there the prophet said how be it because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the lord to blaspheme i don't know if you understand this scripture here god is saying what you did against me is not even the biggest and i can forgive that it says the one that brings consequences is by this deed of yours, you have given occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Says because of that, the child that is born will surely die. Blood must be spilt. It's so serious. Me, I'll forgive you that can go. But you give great occasion to the enemies of God. There are people in this world that are looking for any excuse they can find to, to, to speak evil against God, but they cannot see God. They can't find him anywhere. So the only thing they can find is his church. And you and I have the church, not the building. And so when you and I then give, we do things, like the prophet Nathan was saying here, we give great occasion to the enemies of God. That really has great consequences. I remember many years ago in this church, there were two brothers in this church. Both of them here. They happened to be walking in the same place. They, they met in church and everybody got to the place. Oh, ah, my church member, you also work here. And they were working in the same place. And one night at work, a fight broke out. And you know what their role was? They were not the people breaking the fight, it was the two of them fighting. I'm not talking of abusing each other, real beating up each other. That people are injured from it. Two brothers in this church. What would you do if you had the pastor? They come and they say, "Um, actually there was a fight that involved the police king. If there was only one brother in my church, I would say the other brother caused the fight. (laughs) But both of them, I mean, how do we even get to that? Let your light so shine. And so everybody at the place of work. Because of course before these people will go to work and invite people and say "Uh, come to our church. Uh, I'm a member of the Stone Church. I said, Don't mention those stone church again for just for some time. (laughs) (laughs) You know we claim our rights, but I want you when you think about your rights, think about the kingdom versus your rights. Your are right. Like I was talking about that woman, at Neto, my right. You can't just do this. But our rights, when we put it side by side, the kingdom. I think we were having some discussion at the discipleship class this morning. Um, a little bit around dressing. But generally speaking, there should be no difference about how you, we come to church and what we do out there. Like actually, if you think about it, out there, here, we understand you. That that's just you. We know you that you love Jesus. If anything, out there in the world is where the, 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 the standard needs to be more, even more stringent. Because out there, you're an ambassador. Do you get me this morning? Talk to me, people. You can say no as well. If I say, Do you get me? If you don't get me, say no, sir. That's okay. But I'm saying to us, if you think about this morning, Jesus said, We're not occupying in the kingdom. We are occupying. Our light is not shining in the house. Our light is shining to the man out there. He says you don't light a candle and put it under the bushel. He says you light the candle and put it on top of the mountain. There really is where our light needs to shine. Such that I, I even need to watch out more for what I wear, how I carry myself, what I say, and all of that. I need to watch out more out of the church than in the church. If I say something wrong in church here, you people are likely to forgive me and say, our ah, pastor is normally not like that, and that, that, that's just today. As long as I don't come and do that every Sunday. But I'm saying to us this morning, let your light shine. Thank you for that one. Amen. i klatsche. Number two, as I begin to wrap it up. How do we occupy? By force. Your example is your greatest tool of occupation. But when we have shown example and people still don't want to hear, it's by force. Let me explain what I mean by force. It's a quiet force. It's a quiet force that is demonstrated in authoritative prayer. Not the kind of prayers that we do sometimes. Not the begging prayer, authoritative prayer. I noticed something with a lot of, uh, you you would have noticed this as well, a lot of, particularly in America, this is more common, a lot of people that are young men that are maybe pastors serving the Lord, if they tell you about the stories of their upbringing, they will tell you, oh, I had a praying grandmother, many of them. Many of them would have, they, as young men, they would have gone astray, particularly in a lot of the poor black neighborhoods where the, 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 the tendency to go astray completely was very high. of them would have gone astray, gone into gang lifestyle and all of that. But in many of the cases, there will be some grandma at home on her knees and she's praying and she said, no, and she said, no, this child will not go to hell. This child will fulfill. <laughs> I think it was Plan I heard speaking. Said, my mother prayed to the the point where one day, as I was leaving home, she stood up from the place of prayer and said, Jesus, that's it. I've prayed enough. If that boy goes to hell, it's not my problem. <laughs> prayed. That's authority, my friends. That's authority. That's authority. And that's, that's the place where we do our quiet, forceful diplomacy. By example, when we go out and shine our light, when we close the door, we enforce it. This is how we occupy My friends, Matthew 11 verse 12, I guess my last but one scripture before I close today, Matthew 11 verse 12, everybody knows that scripture in the King James, it says the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent men take it by force. But let me read it to you from the New International Readers Version, Matthew 11 verse 12, it says since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven has been advancing with force. It has been advancing with force. And forceful people are taking hold of it. It is advancing with force. A big part of our prayer life should be to enforce the kingdom of God in our area. How many of you spend time in prayer alone at home, praying for this city? And say, oh God, for example, if they bring a new, a new, a new nightclub to your, to your area, And it begins to draw young people into iniquity upon iniquity and all that. And you just say, don't mind them. Look at that. No, we can go into the place of prayer and say, I refuse to have this on my street. I refuse to have this debauchery on my street. I refuse to accept this here. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. It says says here, the kingdom of heaven is advancing with force. It says, and forceful people. How many forceful people are in the house this morning? He says the forceful people are taking it by force. Salvation of souls is not something we do easily. Forceful people take it by force. When elections come, I'm talking practical things right here. When elections come in this country, how many of us take time to pray for it? We, we don't generally, we think everything is smooth, everything is okay. But I learned something from this present government that is in power. When elections were going on, I just felt, yeah, Whatever. Whatever happens, let it happen. And then they came to power and there is the coalition of three parties that make up our government right now. And when, for the first time ever, in the history of this country, when they did their swearing in, there is something in the Constitution that is what is read when you are sworn in, but the last line of it that was put there when they wrote the Constitution of this country was, so help me God. But then it also gives them the right Everything else they have to say, but that last part, you can choose to say it or not. And from the beginning till today, almost everybody that is sworn in as, um, as councillor or as a minister will always say, so I need God, so help me God. This government, beginning from the councillor himself to all of the Green Party uh, members of the, of the government, another two in the SPD, they decided and chose, I'll take everything, but I don't need God's help. So they said, no, I'm not saying, so help me God. And so they did not say. Somebody will say that's a small thing. It's just symbolic. It doesn't matter. It shows the heart of man. What makes somebody, will he kill you? What makes somebody decide, so don't help me, God? (laughs) Uh, And I'm saying to us, we're Christians. We live in this country. We must enforce our kingdom on things that are political. The salvation of men doesn't happen easily. The change in politics doesn't happen easily. Um, If there is evil in the land like Corona is evil, evil. The world has never seen anything that spread so quickly and killed so many people so quickly, given the level of technology and medical advancement that is there today, demonic to the core. And we can't just stand back and say, it's okay, let's just wear masks and take vaccine. We do all of those things, but we understand that we have to honor, I don't have control over what happens in other places, but this place is my Jerusalem, and we should stand and enforce the kingdom here. This kingdom is peace, prosperity, quietness, rest, deliverance from oppression. I'm talking to Christians this morning. This is our job. When I was in Kuwait, it was difficult to preach the gospel extremely difficult. You couldn't just walk on the, st- the, 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 the... The risk of being arrested or thrown away or getting yourself killed was just so high. that What I said to the people is this. This is what we do. When people get in trouble, they will be open to things. If you find any of your colleagues and they say, oh, my, my child is sick, and that happened very often. My child is sick, my wife is sick, my husband is sick, or things like that. Just say, uh, I, w- would you have me Pray for them. They know you are a Christian. And what I found is this, I don't know anyone where somebody said, I asked my colleague if I could pray for his son or daughter that is sick in the hospital, and he said no. They don't mind. They'll take you there. The attitude is this, whatever can help right now. Whatever can help. So, and that is the way that we can enforce the kingdom. How many of you watched the battle last night, the fight, the rage at the Red Sea? How many people watched? Don't be ashamed, I watched I was watching till one a.m. That's why many of you came to, came late to church this morning. And as as the battle was going on, the reason I was watching was because I thought I was supporting a fellow Nigerian brother. That was that was my motivation. I thought. So when they started, they said they're going to play the hymns of their own countries, and they played so helped so God hailed the Queen. I said which Queen? And my wife said, hey, that's where, she, that's where he grew up, he's, uh, he's British. So I said, hey, so why are we Nigerians disturbing ourselves? So when they played that, I said, okay, let's just be supporting. And um, round one, round two, uh, the, the first seven rounds, we were winning. Um, and those of you that watched, were we were not winning, but that round 10. Tsk, chai. <laughs> I was feeling it. I was feeling it. As they were landing, I was feeling it. So eventually, you know, the, the guy that he was, that he was, that was against. The guy had something that looked like a satanic thing on his head like this. I said, I don't like this one. At the end of it, finally they got this guy to speak. A Ukrainian guy who just won the, the thing. And they are in Saudi Arabia, remember? And the guy said, that they asked him, what do you attribute this evening to? He said, God helped me. And I was thinking, yeah, everybody says God. Then he said, Jesus Christ is my Lord. How many of you heard that? You were, you were angry and you had gone by then. He said, Jesus Christ is my Lord, and he helped me with this fight tonight. And I remember, around that eight-night round, that fight turned around. And the guy said, Jesus Christ is my Lord. So I said to my wife, I said, let's not deceive ourselves. Who is my real brother among these two? <laughs> the, I mean, the guy is in Saudi Arabia, and he stays on the pulpit there, and he says, pulpit, ring, pulpit. <laughs> and he said he said jesus he was not missing words he didn't say god he said jesus christ is my lord and he has helped me tonight and i said that's my brother we want tonight we want tonight i said first of all that one is not even a nigerian they're singing a um, british hymn he's not a nigerian this one is my real brother we're citizens of heaven then i said to my wife i said look Look at the way that guy looked with that thing on his head. If I meet him on the street, I would think he's just some satanic guy. But this guy is loving Jesus. How many of you here? We say Jesus on the on the microphone in Saudi Arabia. You say, "Eh, eh, eh." but this guy is bold enough and he says what he's saying there. How did I even get to that story now? I don't even know how I got there anymore. But whatever, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up. The doings of God. They are motivated by his love for us. But they are for the purpose of the kingdom. When God does anything in your life, he gives you something. Remember the scripture we read? This kingdom is not about meat and drink. This kingdom is not about finances, things. So anytime God does something for you in that arena, there is another end game. Oh, I wish I had time to deal on this point properly. But may God teach it to every one of us. God gives us meat. God gives us to drink. God gives us clothes to put on. God gives us cars to drive, houses to live in. He gives us all that. And then he turns back and says the kingdom is not about all of that. Because there is always the end game, the purpose of those things. So I'm saying that God is love for us, makes him do things for us. But there is always a kingdom purpose. So you, you got a promotion, you got a job, you came a boss, you moved a new company, or you came to Berlin, you're all of those things that is a kingdom purpose for your life. Those of you that are students in school, you got, a, you got good grades in school, um, you enter university, you study, you do whatever, There is a purpose, There's a kingdom purpose. I want us to remember today There is an occupation purpose for it. <laughs> God takes care of us, I'm wrapping up, God takes care of us, but never forget... That we work for him not vice versa we work for him not if you know we always come hey, and god do this for me god do that for me god do that for me god take care of this for me god I, don't forget he is the employer we are the employees we serve at the pleasure of our god you see these people that work at the white house for example <laughs> they, they they will never open their mouth and criticize the president even when they disagree, you just let them say, we serve at the pleasure of the president. We serve. If, if you don't agree anymore, get out of there. As long as you are there, we serve at the pleasure. <laughs> That's what it is here. There is a kingdom purpose for your presence in Berlin. Somebody needs you. There is somebody, I can say to every one of us, there is at least somebody in this city whose eternal destination depends on you. There is a kingdom plan that includes you and somebody where you occupy and establish the kingdom in somebody's life. One way or the other somewhere they'll cross your path. You could be on a train one evening and there's somebody on their way to go kill themselves. They've had enough of life. And the Holy Spirit who is the, who is the one running this kingdom righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost the one running this kingdom says to you just give you a word of encouragement kingdom purpose, my friends. Occupy till I come. But if you are these people, we are consumed in ourselves, we're not thinking, we don't even understand why we're here. Remember, that's our subject. Why are we here? It's to occupy. Somebody somewhere. Lives depend on you. This is my final point, and then I'll read one scripture on it. Then I'll let you go. A saved soul never finds satisfaction in things. Only in kingdom purpose. If you are saved, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord, you love him, like I believe is our drive in these days in our church, to get everybody to love him. You've given your life to Jesus. You can never be satisfied with things. The only thing that will really satisfy you Kingdom purpose. Let me read my last scripture, 1 Corinthians 7. Everybody turn there. Let's just read it together. Have I been long today? Talk to me. Have I been long today? Like that? Okay. I will not be long next week. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 29. where are you going? Where are you going? (laughs) Paul was speaking here. Please let's wrap up focused on this one. Listen to Paul. I'll read it from the King James and I'll ask everyone of you to please go home and I'm reading verse 29, 30 and 31. Then I'll read verse 31 to us in various translations of the Bible. I'm reading this with respect to that final point I made there, that a saved soul never finds satisfaction in things. Verse 29, 1 Corinthians 7. He said, but this I say, brethren, the time is short. Which time? Until he comes. Remember he said, occupy until I come. He says, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that had wives be as though they had none. And they that weep as though they wept not. The summary of this place is you have good things happening in your life and you're testifying, oh, I have a wife I've married. Don't let that rule your life. Ehm, I have things in my life that are not okay, that are not where they should be, I'm crying. Don't let that rule your life as well. It says, let them that have wives be as though they had none. Let the man who is weeping be as if he's not weeping. Let the one who is rejoicing as though they are not rejoicing. <laughs> He says, the people that have bought something as though they don't possess anything. I've bought this, I have this, I have that. He says, look, the time is too short. Then look at verse 31. He says, and they that use this world. You know what that means? The things of this world. Somebody can listen to me this morning and I misunderstand me and say that pastor said we should just all be poor. No meat, no drink. Let's just be poor. That's not what I'm saying. You've never heard me say that? This Bible, the verse here is saying, it says, As we use the things of this world, let's make sure we're not abusing it. We're not using it abnormally. It says, for the fashion of this world is transient. It passes away. Let me read that verse 31 to us in a few other translations. Let's just enjoy these four translations. ERV verse 31. It says, you should use the things of the world without letting them become important to you. Did you hear that? So have all the money you want to have, have, possess everything you want to possess in this world. It says, use them, the, the King James says, without abusing them. To abuse them, it says they become important to you. <laughs> NIV. I tell you, it's a difficult thing to do, I can tell you that. If you just have, most of us here this morning, if you just have a little bit more money, just a little bit, just tiny small bit, you become like this. Money is a spiritual thing. It has this ability to change a man. Change him completely. That's what the Bible means. When we use the things of this world, it says don't abuse them. It says don't let them become important to you. NIV puts it this way. It says those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. Engrossed in them. Because we know the, the, the tenets of our kingdom completely different. New International Reader's Version. He says, those who use the things of this world should not become all wrapped up in them. Have you met some people that all they talk about is money? All they talk about is the latest um, business deal. Or the, the oh, Christians, they love Jesus, all the same. But the, the, the most like, exciting thing going on in their lives is always about things. The Bible is teaching us this morning how to use this world. Actually, if you are Christians, we should be stinkingly rich. You know stinkingly rich? The kind of money you have, that your money is smelling to your neighbor. <laughs> you know, recently, sometime last year, there was an accident here in Berlin where a car um, ate a child and the child died and it became a very big issue um, in the news and all of that. But I noticed something. There was a lot of discussion about the type of car. Eh, eh, all these people driving jeep Eh, 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 they brought and Gelende wagon and I'm saying will the child not have died if it was not a Gelende wagon that is this this thing that people just don't like God will bring you to a place that rich people will call you rich in the name of Jesus some people can't even say amen to that they can't even find it may I say my amen But the Bible is teaching us this morning that the last generation of Christians will be these people that can harness that, bring real wealth, real wealth into the kingdom of God. I mean, most of what we call wealth today is no wealth at all. Bring real wealth into this kingdom and bring, I mean, look at us as a church. We're looking for a building, we're trying to get a building, and we're scraping here and there. Real wealth will change how we preach this gospel. But the problem is this. Many times when wealth comes in the hands of Christians, they become engrossed with it. It becomes too important to them. The NLT puts it this way. It says those who use the things of this world should not become attached to them. Should not become attached to them. Can God trust you with real wealth that does not take your heart away? that you still understand that every blessing of God in our lives is for the purpose and the reason why we are here, to occupy until he comes. Did you understand me this morning? I think I went long enough. Let's rise up and just sing him a song as we close. Thank you for listening to this message. Please hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes. For questions, please send an email to Pastor Mo at the Stone God bless you.